Welcome to the Seated Above podcast, where you will be empowered to live an ascended life in Christ mystically, financially, physiologically, and governmentally. Here's your host, Brian Orm. The world of darkness is built on toil. It is constructed on this false reality. And it is this very thing that we've been rescued from. And yet it's a choice that we're either going to labor to enter into rest or we're simply going to labor. What does it look like to function under the governance of rest, to produce what's in the heart of God, in the mind of God, to bring something sustainable and viable, to change the world? Let's explore this together on this podcast. Welcome everybody to the Seated Above podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's been a hot minute since I've had my last podcast. It's been a little crazy around here. I don't know if some of you can relate, but sometimes in life there is an enormous amount of things going on. And that's been the case for me, but it's good to be back. If you didn't hear as well, my Facebook was shut down, both my personal account and my public figure account, equating to about 10,000 people that were following me there. Someone had hacked my account, my public figure account, and... I woke up one day and I had a message from Facebook saying that my accounts were shut down because of community standards being crossed. And so I went to log in. I can't log in. There's nothing I can do. And so I'm having to start over. So if you've got a friend request from me, it is the real me. And if you can help me build again on my Facebook, that would be super helpful. But that's been part of the mix among many other things. And so, but today I want to talk about the governance of rest. Hebrews 4.11, I'm I'm recording this on Labor Day, by the way. And so I thought it'd be fitting to talk about rest on Labor Day here in the United States anyways. But Hebrews 4.11 says, let us therefore strive, or some translations say labor, to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And this word that we get here, that is strive or labor, this Greek word really means to properly be swift or to move speedily by showing full diligence or fully applying oneself, acting fervently, a speedy commitment, to accomplish all that God assigns through faith, is in birth persuasion. And so it's interesting because really the only form of labor that there really is talked about in the New Testament is to labor into finding rest. You know, we go back to the garden. The first revelation Adam had of the Father was rest. It wasn't the mandate. It wasn't a to-do list. It was to understand how to relate to God first and foremost, from a place of rest, so that he could then perform the mandate, exercise dominion from that place, that foundation of rest, understanding this is the expectation of the relationship surrounded by the importance and the power of rest. There's a Hebrew word, avoda, A-V-O-D-A-H, And from this word come both words, work and worship. 
You know, to the Hebrew person, their daily activities were just as much an expression of worship than being in the synagogue. It was revealing a unified life to connect with the one who has provided life. There was no definition or categorization of secular and sacred. And really, anywhere in Scripture, there is no division of that. It's just a unified life. So whatever, whether we're putting our hands to work, or we're putting our hands to worship, to creativity, it's all integrated, and it's all spiritual. Again, nothing in Scripture is showing a life of a Christ follower being divided into sacred and secular. It's a unified life and one of wholeness. Now, something that we can kind of miss in the New Testament with translation is whenever you see the word evil one, it typically means something else. And so when we read it as the evil one, we can come to a conclusion when it's actually saying something different. A big one is 1 John 5.19. John wrote, We are of God, and that the whole world lies under the power of of the evil one. So we could read this and say, hey, we're of God. It's like an us versus them thing. We're of God. And the world is under the power of evil. You could look at this as we're in the light. The world is in the dark. But the word he used here for evil one is toil. So it reads a little differently. We are of God and that whole world lies under the power of the toil. The world is under the power of toil. It is the epitome of weariness. And yet religion is the same dynamic. Religion requires busyness. It requires constant exertion, perfectionism. And it is a busyness that brings us into the world of darkness. The world of darkness is Built, it is constructed on toil. So when we participate in toil, we are participating in the currency of the world of evil. It is a governance. We're going to be governed from rest or we're going to be governed by toil. Toil is an oppressive gravitational pull towards struggle, disconnecting a person from purpose. And we are, when we are disconnected from purpose, there's not only purposelessness happening in our life, but that causes us to lose the awareness of grace, the divine enablement to do what we've been called to do, purpose. Both purpose and grace were given to us before time began. So your purpose has nothing to do with time, and grace has nothing to do with your toil. Some of the places we see this, the word toil, rather we see it translated as evil one, is John seventeen fifteen says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. You should keep them from the toil. This is Jesus' prayer. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. I, I just want them to be kept from the toil. Ephesians 6.16, above all, take the shield of faith 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. So we imagine some demonic prince, an archer, launching arrows at us. And yet, again, this reads, Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the toil. The real battle here is toil, to function as an employee of God or a son or daughter of God. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Here it is again. Who is he going to guard you from? He's going to guard you from the toil. And last one here. We know, this is 1 John 5.18 We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That's a whole other topic. But we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the evil one does not touch him. Okay? Let's read it again. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the toil does not touch him. This is so important especially in the light of translation, that we see these verses from the proper perspective. The real enemy here is toil. Again, toil is going to draw you to a place. It's a, that gravitational pull. It's, it is struggle. It's to be governed really by decay. It will accelerate aging. It will cause physiological issues because we're coming under the governance of a world that we do not belong in. We've been rescued out of a world of toil, which is a world of darkness. You know, work wasn't the result of the curse in the garden. Toil was. So to live in toil is to go back and live in a cursed atmosphere. To toil is to live under a government of death, a government of decay. We're to come to Jesus. We're to lay down all that stuff and find rest in him. Things that are causing us to be drawn to toil. We need to lay those things aside. And so a good thing to assess our life with is whatever we're putting our hands to, whatever that work is, and again, work is not the result of the curse in the garden. Adam had a job before sin came in. We're going to have a job when we're fully integrated in heaven. We're no longer here on earth. We're still going to have a job. There's things to do. But we're doing this from our union, our oneness with Christ. We're doing this from the place of we're connected to the source of all life, of unified life. And from that place, I produce from the foundation of rest. We're not trying to find rest. Again, we go back to Hebrews 4.11. The labor here really is to what? Enter into rest. We can go on a vacation and have an amazing place that we're maybe on a beach or on a mountaintop, whatever your ideal vacation is. And we can come back from that vacation and still not feel at rest 
Because in our mind, in our head, we're not at rest. So rest isn't just my body is not doing anything. Rest is in the mind. So toil in the mind is constant thinking. It's chaotic, a chaotic thought matrix. We keep thinking about the same thing over and over. We keep returning back to the same place over and over. We're in a constant feedback loop. And we're hearing things, and maybe we're coming to agreement, and our self-talk is, I'm not doing enough, I'm not working hard enough, why am I just sitting here? And some of that could be our family template, where all you saw modeled for you was a perfectionism, was toil, was constant activity, and no value for rest. If that's you, you know, your default is going to be, I got to be busy, got to be busy. You know, busy is just burdened under Satan's yoke. We are of no threat to darkness when we're just simply busy. I'm not saying we're, we shouldn't work hard. Yeah, let's work hard. Let's be excellent at what we do. I mean, a lot of the Christian world is not known for excellence, unfortunately. Like, let's be known for doing things really well. But producing those things from the place of rest not from the place of toil. You know, a tormented artist is the the artist who can never finish their art because it's never good enough. You know, to function in our unified life in crisis, I put my hands to something, I've done my best, and I rest in what has been produced. Come on. This is what we've been called into. Rest is a weapon. Resting in God is a weapon of mass destruction against darkness. You want to destroy the works of the devil? Find rest. You want to destroy the world of darkness? Labor to enter into rest. So that from that place of union with Christ, you begin to produce what's on the heart of God and the mind of God. This is a sustainable life. Anything else is not sustainable. We can even be driven by the gifts of God, which are irrevocable. We can be a slave to the gifts. We can even find toil in giftedness. We're to govern the gifts. And we're to govern this space so that we can live from a place of rest. So I just bless you in your process, increasing in your awareness, not only with your union with God, but the rest that has been established for you as a son and as a daughter. That you would be kept from the toil. You would take the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the toil. And the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the toil. We are of God. We are not of the world that is under the power of the toil. So I declare a fresh revelation of rest over you, the power of that, the weaponry of rest. You come into a greater revelation. Let there be light, God, over this huge piece of data for us. You have provided rest for us. And if we're weary, we can come to you and lay those things down so we can come out from the governance of decay and live from the governance of life to produce what is connected to our purpose and change the world 
not from a place of busyness, but from a place of rest. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today to the Seated Above podcast. You can always check out things that are happening on my website, new things that are coming up, and I look forward to connecting again. Peace. You've been listening to the Seated Above podcast with Brian Orm. If you've enjoyed the episode today, please share it with someone who appreciates living an ascended life. Want to go deeper into this type of content? Head over to iBorm.com to access Brian's courses, workshops, coaching, and more. 